Welcome! I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Romans. Today is episode 553. Look at Romans chapter 11, verses 25 through 32. Let's read our passage. I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you will not be conceited. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the Deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Regarding the gospel, they're enemies for your advantage. But regarding election, they are loved because of the patriarchs, since God's gracious gifts and calling are irrevocable. As you once disobeyed God, but now have received mercy through their disobedience. So they too have now disobeyed, resulting in mercy to you, so that they also may now receive mercy. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so they may have mercy on all. This is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Paul is writing this letter to provide them a theology to the gospel. He wants to send this letter to strengthen them. He wants to visit them after he goes to Jerusalem to strengthen the church. Then he's going to travel on to Spain. He's been dealing with the gospel and theology of the gospel. He talked about sin, the universal nature of sin. The only solution is justification by faith. You can't earn justification. Justification is the act of God declaring someone righteous. The only way it happens is through faith in Jesus Christ. It's by grace, meaning it's a gift. You can't earn it. They've been dealing with this issue of what about Israel? God seemed to have this thing going with Israel for like a couple thousand years, and then he seems to have shifted gears and the Gospels made available to the Gentiles. What gives with all that? And so Paul has been dealing chapters 9 through 11 with the issue of Israel. Like God's not done with Israel. God has hardened Israel for the most part. There's still a remnant. God has kept a remnant of those who are ethnically Jews who are believers now. And this hardening is not permanent. So this section today in chapter 11 verses 25 through 32 are basically wrapping up and culminating this discussion he's been having about Israel. There's still a little bit left in chapter 11 after that, but that's more just a praise to God for his plan. So he begins here in verse 25. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you will not be conceited. But he uses the term mystery. And the majority of the uses of mystery in the Bible are Paul's. The first time we see mystery in the Bible is actually in the book of Daniel. Daniel uses the word mystery to describe the, the dreams of King Nebuchadnezzar that have been revealed to Daniel, but to no one else. Mystery is often used in Jewish apocalyptic writing to, to describe events related to the end times. That these are they're mysteries and that they're not known, but they're things that have already been determined by God. They're laid out in God's plan. In that sense, they actually already exist in heaven, but they have yet to be revealed. Now, Paul uses the word mystery, and he usually uses it to describe something that's related to the Gospels, things that were hidden to the people of God in the past, 
but have now been revealed in the gospel. Here he's using it, along with the way he used it in 1 Corinthians 15, to events related to the end times. Just as we go through this, we'll see that's kind of way he's looking at this stuff going on here, as related to the end times, the second coming of Christ. So, I don't want you to be ignorant of this, brothers and sisters. He's talking to the Gentiles, and the mystery is related to the coming to faith of ethnic Israel. And he gives a purpose here, so that you will not be conceited. Now, he's already talked about this some. There's some tension between the Gentiles and the Jews, and he doesn't want the Gentiles to think they have replaced the Jews, that God has set the Jewish people aside and is now done with them and focusing on the Gentiles. But he doesn't want them to be conceited. He goes on and says, A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. That's basically that along with the first part of verse 26. In this way, all Israel will be saved. That's the mystery. What God's doing, what God is going to do. Now, what's going on now is this partial hardening. He's already talked about the idea that God has hardened the hearts of the majority of the Israelites, of the people of Israel, the Jews. But here he says it's partial. And he's explained that earlier in that there is a remnant. Not everybody who is ethnically Jewish has been hardened. But as a group, they've been hardened. That's why it's a partial hardening. you still got this remnant who are believers. And he says, basically, it's temporary. So it's partial and it's temporary. It will end. And when will it end? After the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Now, what exactly does that mean? Well, it's somewhat nebulous, but essentially saying that God right now has opened the gospel to the Gentiles and he is allowing Gentiles to come to faith. And he's going to do that for a while. Then pretty much when that is complete, that's when he lifts completely this hardening of ethnic Israel. Now, is that a number? Is that a time frame? He doesn't say. And it doesn't really matter. The whole point is God's got a plan. God knows when it's going to happen. God's laid it all out in advance. But right now, he's leaving this partial hardening in place as Gentiles are coming to faith. Then there'll come a point when God has accomplished what he set out to do with the Gentiles, and he will lift this hardening on the Jewish people. Verse 26, and in this way, all Israel will be saved. Now we've got to address this all Israel will be saved. What does that mean? Well, does it mean every last ethnic Jew will be saved? No. No, that's obviously not what it means. Well, but he said all. Well, how do we speak in normal terms? And how is words like all used in the Bible? In Acts chapter 2, it's talking about there were people from every nation there. Well, does that mean every single nation on earth? No, it means people from all over. If we were using words like, well, the whole school turned out for that game, do we mean every single person? No, we don't. What we mean is a lot, representative, a large number. So quite often, that's where context has to tell us things and theology. So is Paul saying here every single Jew will be saved? No, he is not saying that. 
what he is saying is a large number will be. Uh, and it goes along with the explanation of why the Jewish people, by and large, rejected the gospel. That's this partial hardening. And when that hardening is lifted, then you will have a, a lot of the Jewish people coming to faith. Now, I give some scriptural support for it. We're in the middle of verse 26. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. He's kind of mashing together something from Isaiah 59, verses 20 and 21, and Isaiah 27, verse 9. The deliverer will come from Zion. Well, the deliverer means Jesus. Now, in the Isaiah passage, it's God himself. There, the deliverer comes to Zion, Zion being Jerusalem. Here, the deliverer is coming from Zion. Now, is referring to the fact that Jesus is one of the Jewish people himself? Maybe. I don't think so. I go along with the interpreters to say he's really talking about Jesus from the heavenly Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. That is, Jesus coming from heaven. This is related to the second coming. Now, does this mean that it's not until Jesus descends from heaven that the Jewish people come to faith? I don't think so. I think it's all related to the end time. So you can't give a real chronology to it. We love to draw out timelines and things. That's not the point here. But associated with the end times, there will be this lifting of the hardening of the Jewish people. Many Jewish people will come to faith. Jesus will return, and that's when he does away with all the ungodliness in Jacob. Verse 28. Regarding the gospel, they are enemies for your advantage. But regarding election, they're loved because of the patriarchs. They are enemies, meaning they're unbelievers. And again, he's talking about the majority of the Jewish people. Unbelievers are enemies of God. And enemies of God are enemies of God's people. So it's not necessarily hostility, although there has been general hostility on the part of the Jews to the gospel, particularly in Paul's day. So it's for their advantage, meaning God set aside the Jewish people, they're the partial hardening, but opened the gospel to the Gentiles. Regarding election and love because of the patriarchs. Well, who's the patriarchs? The original people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because of God's love for them, God's covenant with them, that's where God's not done with them. Verse 29, since God's gracious gifts and calling are irrevocable, meaning God made promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob about the future of their descendants. God's not done with them. God will lift this hardening. There will be a lot of the Jewish people coming to faith. Verse 30, as you once disobeyed God, but now have received mercy through their disobedience, so they too now have disobeyed, resulting in mercy to you, so that they also may now receive mercy. A lot of words stuck together there. Basically, it's, okay, you guys, you Gentiles, once were separated from God, but God's mercy has allowed you to come to faith. And God, in his hardening, has prevented many of the Jewish people from coming to faith. But just as he had mercy on you, he will have mercy for them. And many of the Jewish people will come to faith also. And he sums it up with verse 32. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so they may have mercy on all. What is he saying here? Everyone was caught in sin. 
Everyone was lost in sin. Everyone was incapable of experiencing salvation because of their sin and their corruption. But God has and will open the gospel to all. By all here, he doesn't mean every individual. He's talking about ethnic groups. God has opened things up for Gentiles to come to faith, and God will open up things for many of the Jews to come to faith also. This is not a promise of universalism where every person will come to faith and be saved. No, this is just saying that no ethnicities limited from coming to faith. Biblically, there's two ethnicities, Jews and Gentiles, and God has opened it up to the Gentiles, and God will leave it open to the Gentiles until, according to his timeline, he then lifts this hardening of the Jewish people, and many of them come to faith. And what's that happen? Around the end, when Christ returns, and again, Paul's not given a timeline here. What's his goal? Not to, not to give us a, a map, a chronology. His goal is to try and resolve tension between the Jews and Gentiles in the church in Rome. He doesn't want the Gentiles thinking that the Jews have been cast off by God and they're second-rate Christians. What he wants them to realize is that the Jews are still in this covenantal relationship with God ethnically, but even though many of them have been held back because of this hardening, there will come a time when God turns his sight back on Israel and along with the Gentiles, and then the people of God will celebrate the return of Christ. And don't get carried away with trying to make timelines and things. Remember Paul's point. Bringing together the people of God is the people of God, where nobody's thinking more highly of themselves than they ought to. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Romans 